Welcome to Inside the Comfort Zone. You're listening to the podcast that redefines personal development and helps you handle change with ease, sustainably and enjoyably. And my name is Adam Kowalik. So last week we talked about cults. Uh, it was a strong episode where we explored the fallacy or the dangers, the pitfalls with thinking that we know better than others. And one of the powerful things that I shared towards the end of the episode was this thing that you know what's best for yourself and you should trust that. Um, that our natural and neutral state is a state of peace and well-being and balance. And to build off of that, I wanted to talk about advice giving and, and feedback uh, because it, it, it often takes this position of us knowing what's true or what's best when we're giving feedback or we're uh, giving advice. And we all do it more, more often than we think, I'm, I'm sure. Um, we mean well and we, we think we're helping. That's why we're doing it. But what if we're not? What, what if we're actually not being as helpful or as effective as we think? What's the point of giving feedback? I'd argue that it's, it's about helping someone do better to help them thrive and excel, right? Now, what's the point of giving advice? I, I'd say that we're trying to help someone do well and to thrive and to excel. So in the pursuit of helping people do better to thrive and to excel, we, we want to ask us then, what actually drives action, motivation, and excellence? What actually helps people do better to thrive and to excel? Um, so what often happens when we're giving advice or taking the stance of, of being an advice giver or a person who's giving, offering up uh, feedback, we think that people are blind to their own weaknesses. That's, that's why we feel called to point out their mistakes or uh, share our feedback, our observations. They simply can't see what we see about them, so we kind of know better than them, right? We think that our way is a better way. We're not always then inclusive, and we're not utilizing people's diverse experiences and backgrounds and skills when we assume there's a right and a wrong way of, of doing things. Telling people what we think about their performance doesn't actually help them do better. We're simply reporting. We're simply telling them what to do. And in so doing, we are actually hindering their development. So let me expand on that reporting piece. When we are just telling someone what we are seeing, uh, uh, we're just reporting. We're just pointing things out that we, we're observing and we might not understand what's actually going on in, inside of the individual. And when we tell them what to do, that whole process of offering up advice, uh, saying to someone, here's what I think you should do, that actually stops, uh, impairs their learning. Whenever we're giving feedback or advice, we're, in truth, actually influenced by our own biases and opinions. It's a phenomenon called idiosyncratic rater effect, which shows us that more than half of our evaluation of someone else says more about our own characteristics than about theirs. 
So we all have this bias where when we're offering someone feedback, it actually reflects more of our own characteristics than the person who we're feedbacking. Your feedback or advice is not a truth, but rather a skewed perspective distorted from the start. If people, the, really the only time we can, we can be unbiased, if, if, if that's ever a thing, or at least the very time when we can trust our own truthfulness is around our own feelings and our own experiences. So offering people then advice or, or feedback on their actions isn't really about our own feelings, feelings or experiences. There was a huge study done uh, where they split students up into two groups. And so one of the groups, they, they got to focus on um, talking about their dreams and how to achieve those dreams. The other group was being questioned about their homework and what they were doing wrong and what how they needed to fix it. For the group focusing on what they were doing wrong, it showed that the sympathetic nervous system fired up. And the sympathetic nervous system is the fight and flight system, which actually downregulates other parts of the brain uh, in order to make sure that you focus on survival. So other parts of the brain responsible for emotional and cognitive and perceptual connections were then basically downregulated. The, the brain responds to critical feedback as an attack or a threat, and it actually impairs learning. In the other group, the first group of students focusing on their dreams, the parasympathetic nervous system lit up instead, which stimulates adult neurogenesis, the growth of new neurons, and it gives a sense of well-being and emotional and cognitive and perceptual openness. That actually allows people to relax, open themselves up for new opportunities, possibilities and learning opportunities. So pointing out what is already working within um, or having people to kind of feel relaxed in, in what they're doing. Um, again, going back to the first group, focusing on their dreams and how to achieve them, they were already working on something they felt pulled towards, inspired by, and they, they were asked, so how could you achieve this? So they were not given a blueprint or a checklist on how to achieve their own dreams, but rather they got to be creative and they got to explore what they already knew about their own dreams and the ways they could get there. So it's, it's when we allow people to find within what they already, um, feel aligned with or called to. That's when they can make these strong connections. That's when they can access these powerful states in their, in their minds. And focusing more on what is working opens people up. It relaxes us. So, uh, what can we do instead of giving feedback or advice? So, for example, um, we can we can ask someone what is working right now. By doing that, we are de-escalating. We are neutralizing their fight and flight state. 
we're asking them to recall something that is working, that that feels good. So they relax and they open up. And now they might actually be willing and able to hear whatever um, uh, opportunity to learn from, from this experience um, there might be. So, for example, if you're giving feedback, so rather than just straight going to, okay, so this went bad, here's how to fix it. We can say, hey, tell me about three things that are working right now for you. And once they do that, they start relaxing. They start feeling good because they're accessing this parasympathetic nervous system. And then you can say, well, so in the past, have you ever been challenged around this, the, the things that are working right now? Um, what, what's been challenging about it? This way, they might be more open to exploring that. And then you move them into the future by saying, so knowing what you now know, what, what would you be willing to do? What do you think would help? And this calls then on their innate ability to figure things out. And, and they feel more aligned. They actually feel like they are coming up with the solutions to this. There was a monk in the 1600s, I believe. Uh, his name was Pascal. And he said, uh, people are more likely to believe in arguments they believe that they themselves came to. Which, well, I, I paraphrase that a bit. Uh, I, I think that really explains it. What, why, uh, again, the feedback uh, issue can, can backfire. Because if you can get someone to believe that they came up with the idea or that they got, came to the conclusion, you have instantly a higher buy-in. And with a higher buy-in, you have a higher motivation. You have more uh, efficacy. And so that's why we can focus on rather asking questions instead of just telling people what to do. So, Another tip is, is I mentioned it quickly, is point out to people what's already working. So if someone is doing something really good, that can be your spouse, that can be your child, that can be your coworker, stop what you're doing right, right there and then and highlight the good thing. Because it's in the good thing that they start to feel good about what they just did and they make a, a stronger neural connection to that. So if we ever want someone to do a good job picking up their socks or uh, doing the dishes or avoiding uh, making a mistake or reporting on time, well, highlight when they do or demonstrate that behavior you want to see more of. Often when we're giving feedback, we're so often focused on what didn't work well. And we're missing all the things that did work well. And knowing now that when we activate the fight and flight response, we are actually impairing a learning. Then I'm inviting you to see that maybe you want to focus more on the things that are actually working. I'd, I'd like to also say as a, as a final tip is to just be curious. I found that the opposite of being judgmental is to be curious and it's, if we're ever in doubt of what to say, what to give for what kind of advice, just ask questions. What's worked in the past? Uh, what, what would you be willing to do? Any kind of question really is, is highlighting their own knowledge versus me trying to project my, my opinions or biases onto them. And a final thing, maybe. Uh, if and when you do share some some observations and feedback, make sure that you share it from a uh, from a perspective of of your own point of view. 
not from believing it's an absolute truth, meaning that instead of saying, here's what I think you should do, you could say, here's what I would do. Instead of saying, when you do this, uh, it makes this happen. You could say, when you do that, here's how I feel. Here's my reaction. So you're taking responsibility for your observation and, and your reactions. This creates a little bit of a distance between, um, you know, yourself and, and you're basically not coming from a place where you're saying, this is an absolute truth. I'm right. You did something wrong. What I'm inviting you to see at the end of this episode is really that trust people, trust that people can find their own way especially when they get to engage more with their parasympathetic nervous system, which is literally inside their comfort zone. They are relaxed. They're open-minded. They're playful and innovative, which is why I believe that growth is not just possible inside the comfort zone. I think it's actually uh, a crucial piece of performance to be inside our comfort zones to be in that openness and playfulness and uh, adventurous mindset. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, I'm sure that you found this useful. And um, if you did, make sure that you're sharing this episode with uh, any of your friends who might need to hear about this conversation. And if you ever want to catch this conversation live, you just show up with me here every Tuesday at 6 p.m. London time on call in. And until then, thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you next week.